The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. Fridays here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal from uh, parts. Are you east or north of Chicago, Connor Clark? We're on the north side. Ah, ah on the north side. I know my stuff. I know yeah. my stuff. I have been through uh, Evanston, but mainly just love Wrigleyville. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I wish I was in there. I'm a little bit too north for that. But. Yeah, well, Connor Clark is uh, streaming in from Chicago. Can always watch the show, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Subscribe to that and uh, watch the show, Hale Varsity Radio Twitter. Give that a follow at HVarsity Radio. Elijah Herbal, rocking double duty. Good to see you, dude. Yeah, wait, I, I got a question for you, though, Shmitty. Yes. Which suburb of Chicago is Connor Clark from? Ah. Mm. Uh, uh, Do you even know Elijah? Because is it is there a Crystal Lake? There is, but I'm not there. Uh, no Crystal lake. lake is in the name, though. I'll give you that. No, I knew that some sort of lake. Um, there's where's Danny from? Because Danny Burke's a Chicagoan too. Well, isn't He's he from, from Arlington Ed? Heights. Yeah, Arlington, Arlington, Arlington Heights, Heights, and that's not it. Is that bad blood? I mean, is Arlington Heights like? Nah. <laughs> be careful of those dudes. <laughs> I, I will say it's is Lake you say the that first or second word of the of the suburb you're in. Well, the first word is Lake, and the second word starts with a B. So it's not Lake Michigan. Well, it's on Lake Michigan. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you know what that means? Barbecue and, and Connors, folks, <laughs> this summer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're going to invite ourselves over. No, it's it's, it's funny though because I asked this question also, not being able to remember which suburb Connor was from. Tell us, dude. Before the, the Chicagoland area, yeah. Lake Bluff. Bluff. Uh-huh. Ah, I yes. knew that. There you totally. go. There you go. Numbers to get in: four eight nine twelve forty or eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. Can email Chris at HaleVarsity dot com. Any recruiting thoughts? You can send those our way. We do have an update on some Cruton today. We'll start there. Uh, excellence on display last night with Husker volleyball. They mauled Pitt. And that was really cool to see. You don't get Wisconsin, but you get hated Texas Sunday. And, of course, Nebraska basketball down to the Little Apple, K-State, Nebraska. And uh, we'll spend some time with Jake Mielheisen in Hour 2. Jacob Padilla from Tampa. As uh, we will check in with Jacob here in about 20 minutes or so, a little less than. And then the Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. The professor, Bill Dolman, with us. It is the annual time. We've been doing this 13 years. It's the annual Clausburn naughty or nice list. So there's people on Claus's naughty or nice list for 2023, and uh, hilarity may ensue. We're going to switch it up from our normal picks. Uh, we'll get some bull picks and whatnot next week. But to the naughty or nice list for Clausburn. Uh, around 540. Uh, that's the setup. Congrats to Gary. Gary is in first, followed by Jim and Jake and Jack and Nathan. We'll get to your stream comments as well. Uh, excited there. We'll also dive into uh, the best, worst holiday gift. 
uh, a little bit later. What's the, uh, the 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 worst gift you got that turned out to be a well a godsend uh, that way, fellas? It's it's that day. It is Friday. It's Friday before signing day, and uh, Wednesday uh, we'll get here for Nebraska, and I think Nebraska fans can feel good about Wednesday, what Wednesday will bring. And, uh, you know, Riola has landed, and not just just uh, just Dylan, but the whole family. And, you know, we look at this situation, and Nebraska fans are, are no doubt excited about the prospect of a really, really talented quarterback uh, kind of leading this 2024 class. But to, this late in the game, guys, to have an opportunity to get him and to uh, to impress this weekend, and, and I think back to and we've had George Darlington in on the show a lot over the years. We love George, and, and he was such an elite recruiter for Nebraska in a in a staff full of elite recruiters, and and George was kind of your key for a lot of the West Coast kids, uh, the California kids, but also really that first. Uh, monster Hawaiian connection, all right? And, and, and that, that first Hawaiian uh, get that was an All-American and award winner and has his name on the North well, Wall is uh, Dominic Riola. And, you know, you look back, and, and I was in school the same time Dom was, and you look back at that era of Nebraska football, and not only were they, as George put it pretty bluntly, we were winning. So, yeah, Nebraska was winning and finishing uh, with championships or in that top five, top ten. But it, it was a – and you hear coaches say this. Uh, it, was, it was a family atmosphere, right? And the one thing you hope you always have with family is comfort, right? Good, bad, ugly, it's, it's real. And – the, the family atmosphere that existed for for Nebraska in those late 90s and the and you know the Riola experience I mean I think has stuck with him for for a long long time and if you're sending your your pride and joy your one of your boys off to college you you want that same experience and I think it's fair to say despite just year one you know what's what's one of the first words Matt rule used back when he was introduced that's that's dropped in on press conferences and I, I say dropped and it's not a, a gimmick it is it is real he talks about family when you hear players in interviews or you, you talk to potential recruits they really like they they say it and it's it's kind of become cliche but the truth is if it if it feels family like that's a good thing if you're going away from home going away from family people that helped raise you you want to land in a spot you're comfortable with in a very uncomfortable time in your life. So I think there is uh, some similarities right now with Nebraska football 2023 under Matt Rule and what Dom experienced and probably remembers with Nebraska football during his time in Lincoln. Great, great player. And that is something that, you know, when Wednesday gets here, I think could be a deciding factor for Nebraska, and that is uh, that's outstanding. I think Nebraska and uh, Rule have just kind of practiced what they've preached about high standards, tough love, uh, the ability to practice and get better, but also it's really all about the the player and the kid. 
uh, wall accountability exists. So I think all of those factors, guys, lead to, you know, if if, if Schmidt's giving out crystal balls, um, I'm, I'm giving two thumbs up here. I think things are going to be okay for Nebraska. You want, come to a, you want to put a percentage on that crystal ball, or just two thumbs up? No, I just, I'm just, I'm just going to give you, I'm going to give you two thumbs up. You guys can give me, uh, I'm number one. I'm you not can, touching percentages. I've seen how the fans on Twitter react. No, there, and, where you put and, percentages down. No, I'm not touching I'm, that. I'm not putting any percentages either. I, I will be shocked if uh, things don't go well Wednesday for Nebraska. And you know, again, I get to the comfort level and the family factor for Nebraska. And listen, it's not just Dylan. I mean, it's the whole family here. I think they're comfortable. Again, I'm not in their heads, but there's he's good enough to go and do whatever he wants, even at this late hour, right? Uh, room will be made for him elsewhere. Uh, I think Nebraska uh, is always a spot that's kind of probably been on Dylan's mind, and, and I think the reality and the opportunity to to really kind of push Nebraska into a new new Big Ten era and be a player in it is also pretty enticing but I think the comfort and the family part are your one-two punch that uh, will will be unbeaten by Wednesday and that's a great way of putting something that we talked about this morning and I I enjoyed being up with uh, Ravi on Herdat Sports Radio this morning we got a chance to sit down with Damon who uh, obviously being the father been, of a kid who's been in through this his class, own thing yeah. he, he's been through the recruiting process. He's a leader of young men. Really great resource field to, to talk to on a morning like today. Uh, talked about the trust factor between the Royals and Nebraska. And I think that goes hand in hand with what you're saying with comfort and that family feel. I do think there's an element of just trust with what Matt Rule and this coaching staff is putting forward. And the example that he used was uh, Dom Riola, uh, excuse me, Donnie Riola, mm-hmm. independent of uh, Dylan Riola being in this class, independent of him showing interest in Nebraska, got a contract extension, kind of showing, as I said earlier in this week, that what Matt Rule preaches about family is not bogus. It, it, it was never about Dylan Riola whenever Don Riola was hired, or Donnie Riola was hired. Right. I'm going to mess up these names so no, many times it's, over it's, the next It's Donnie, years. it's Dom. Uh, <laughs> Donnie and Dom and, and Blitzen and Rudolph. <laughs> but I think that that showed... Dylan, that despite the fact that he's off at another school, that family environment at Nebraska persists, and all the things that Matt Rule was telling him last summer wasn't bogus. It, it was legit, and there is a trust factor that can be found between the Nebraska coaching staff and the Riles. I think that's very, very, very important in this recruiting process. And I think, as you kind of laid out, um, Dylan, and I, again, we're not inside the kid's head, but from all the things we're hearing uh, from Damon this morning to, to people logging crystal balls to what Dylan himself puts on Twitter with the uh, the the purpose quote the Bible this morning, quote yeah is that he feels that there is a family environment at Nebraska and there is a purpose for him being here as a part of a family. Well, it's authenticity that's super important. And Connor, I know you've uh, dealt with finals week this week, but got your ear to the ground with with Husker football, and you're a guy that. Then has kind of looked at, at football and Big Ten football and kind of your mind's eye with uh, growing up in it. And, you know, it just doesn't happen every day, even at the Michigans and Ohio States. I mean, you, you see it more at those schools, but this could be a really, really big deal. I mean, that's the understatement of the uh, the, the month. But to get a, a dude this caliber when we talk about on field. Yeah, I mean, it's it's 
massive. I think I was as floored and shocked as everybody else on Monday when the news broke. I mean, we were – I was thinking about it because we're on the show last Friday, right? And we're talking about all things Kyle McCord and what he could potentially bring to this team. We had zero inclination of talking about Dylan Raiola in any way, shape, or form because obviously we've known or we thought we did since May that it was a done deal with Georgia, right? And to go back to what Elijah was saying, too, and I think Matt Rule does a really, really good job of this, is recruiting by example. Because you keep around, obviously, his uncle, and you kind of you back up what you say, for lack of a better term. But, like, I think the recruitment by example for Matt Rule has been really, really good. And I agree. I think you, you do have to trust what he's doing. I know it's hard as a fan as of late, and especially – with what happened to McCord as he moves on, like everybody was getting ready to say McCord, Fleming and Riola all at once. Now that picture looks a lot different, but I think with this crucial weekend, obviously coming up here as Riola is in town and the signing day coming up next week. I mean, this is a massive deal. And, and you said it, it's probably the understatement of the month. Like this is, this doesn't happen every day. It doesn't happen to even the Ohio States of the Michigans of the world, it's happening to Georgia in what you could say a negative way. Mm-hmm. And they've won back-to-back national championships. So that's how big of a deal this is. So if they're able to lock him up, that says a lot about this coaching staff. And the thing that boggles my mind the most, too, is just think about the transformation, even without McCord in the picture anymore. The transformation of the quarterback room from one season to the next is unbelievable. It's almost unprecedented. I mean, you've never really seen anything like that before. And what Matt Rule and this coaching staff has a chance to do is really, really impressive. And obviously, we'll put him in good light with not only Husker fans, but college football fans around the country. No, and listen, don't kid yourself. Uh, between national media uh, and other coaches and just people around the high school scene, there's a lot of truth with Matt Rule and just the fact that, that folks buy him, buy into him, because it really is as simple as sitting down and probably having lunch with a guy. I mean, that that's a common occurrence, but it's a priority for Rule. The little thing that, that can go a long way. Hey, you care enough to sit down and let's have a, 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 a bunch of steak. <laughs> and it, it's, it's something you saw kind of on Pat McAfee this week. Yeah. Showing that that authenticity, whether you're a high school coach, whether you're a, a fan of Nebraska that's at some small town bar and Matt Rule pops his head in, no matter who you are, Matt Rule shows you that authentic side. Mm-hmm. I don't think the, the the public persona that he shows when he's in, in press conferences or whatever is different. He's than, authentic than saying than it's going to be one to two million, down. brother. <laughs> <laughs> Who's well, on the lo- even, even think about the, the whole volleyball like training table thing, right? Yeah. I mean, like he leaned into that. And not many coaches are like A, allowed to do that or B, would even think to do that. That's pretty so I think good. that just gives you a little bit of, of what his personality is like 24-7 or honestly 25-8, you could probably that, say. That's fair. Who's on the line? We go to Dave. Dave, thanks for calling. Uh, get us kicked off. Okay. We want him more, okay? He shows up at a basketball game. What happens? We go crazy. He shows up at a baseball game. He's got all kinds of people showing up. That happened in Georgia? I don't think so. We want him more. Well, fan base is is a uh, is a game changer for this state for this football program, and yeah, I mean the uh, absolute response by Nebraska fans whenever a a key visitor is here is 
is the love, right? And recruits. And Dave, thanks for the phone call, bro. We were getting a little feedback. But no, I mean, it's it's noticed. It's absolutely noticed. The, the support's there. And uh, you know what? That's why uh, Nebraska's been as, as big of a brand as they've been, despite some, some down times. That brand continues to flex on the volleyball hardwood. We'll get back to some recruiting thoughts in a bit. Going to head down to Tampa and check in with Jacob Padilla from Hale Varsity and Herd at Sports. Get your reservation now. Herd at Sports Bar and Grill Sunday. Nebraska v. Texas. Do it. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Who else is on flip watch for Nebraska recruiting? Who's visiting this weekend? Some names you want to know. We'll tell you shortly. Down to Tampa we go. I don't know if he is poolside or not, but he has been courtside uh, all year for you with Nebraska Volleyball. Jacob Padilla with us from Hale Varsity and Heard at Sports at Jacob Padilla underscore is uh, where you can find him on Twitter. Jacob, what a scene from the uh, plane landing for Nebraska Volleyball to dismantling Pitt. Take us uh, through it last night, man. What stood out? <laughs> uh, yeah, just stood out is how well they played and um, the way they kind of took control of that match early on um, just with their block in particular with Becca Alex stepping up the way that she did uh, and, and then Nebraska kind of took, took control in the third set with their with their serve and just ran away with that thing so they just played at a really high level and um, they are playing some of their best volleyball at the right time for sure and the the scene was fantastic there, just setting another attendance record, which has basically been the theme of this entire season, uh, both for Nebraska and volleyball as a, as a collegiate sport. Um, so to have 19,500 there, um, second largest uh, crowd behind only the Memorial Stadium match earlier this season uh, for the college women's volleyball match, um, it's the, a fitting stage for the level of talent that we're seeing here in Tampa. Jacob, one of the things that stood out to me early in that match last night was that unlike in the Elite Eight, whenever Arkansas threw the first punch, Nebraska uh, threw the the first real punch of that fight, if you will, about midway through the first set. It was similar to how they responded against Arkansas. It was Becca Alec in that block that allowed them to come back from the first punch. They did it again last night, except they threw the first punch with that block. And Andy Jackson mentioned something post-game where she said you could kind of see it among Pitt that they were getting a little bit frustrated, losing a little confidence with that Husker block. What did you see early in, in that one in the first set with the Huskers getting the block and really taking it out of Pitt? Yeah, I mean, that's – and they needed it too because they were not hitting very well in that first set. Offensively, uh, Nebraska was struggling. They weren't really terminating at a great rate. Um, so their defense picked it up, and they found a way to, to score with the block instead. I mean, you look at it, they had almost as many blocks as they had kills in that first set. Um, so, and like, like you said, just the, the impact of a dominant block on a volleyball match, um, you just can't really, it goes beyond just the, the stuff block numbers that you see in the box score because so many of the other errors are a direct result of, all right, I can't hit in this block, I'm trying to avoid it, and now you're hitting wide. It just kind of eats into your brain and makes it tough. You, it's just kind of something that's sitting back there anytime you go up to swing um, when you get blocked over and over again. So, um, yeah, it's Beck Alec 
uh, in particular, obviously, has been at the center of the, the majority of these blocks. Um, these are always a team. Blocks are typically a team um, stat, just with the way that the blocking schemes work and um, and all that. But um, Peck, Peck had three solo stuff and, uh, in a match last night, and probably the most impressive one was there was that point um, where she blocked one back and then Arkham, or, uh, Pitt tried to get the ball over, and she stuffed the, the, just the free ball back. Um, just wasn't a very strong attack, and she just, she just would not let the ball cross the net and got the, the stuff on the second one. So, um, yeah, just a huge, huge momentum swing there with the way they were able to shut down Pitt's offense early on and give themselves time to kind of figure out their own offense and start clicking later on in the match. Jacob Badilla is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Something that stuck out to me, Jacob, last night in the match, and I'm going to be honest, I haven't started watching volleyball regularly until I came to Nebraska, but the amount of challenges that John Cook was able to get and get right. So that tells you a lot about the trust he has for his you know, young team. How far does that go? Obviously, the challenges are nice and everything, but... How far does that trust go beyond the green card and, and into their play, especially in these large games? Yeah, it was interesting. He lost that one almost right away, and then um, that leaves you just with one to, to use the rest of the match um, and obviously get it back if you uh, get the challenge correct. So, But he had to burn another one early on in that match, and like, oh boy, are they going to go this entire match without challenge cards? Um, but they got it right, and then kept getting it right over and over. And then from there, and I mean, Cook throughout the season has cons- consistently praised Jalen Reyes, um, assistant coach there. Who he's the guy up there courtside. He's the one up stalking the sidelines. He's the guy watching all of that, and he's the one that Cook really trusts. Obviously, the players have a, a large say in that as well. Um, if if they're adamant that hey, um, that wasn't the right call, then he's going to trust them. But it starts with Jalen Reyes and. Um, yeah, they, they did a great job. Uh, a couple of those I thought were some, some rough calls. I, I thought uh, on the on the court lives, like, oh, yeah, that, that was a touch. Where, where was the call there? Um, so, um, yeah, it, it's, it was a good thing for Nebraska that um, uh, they've got the setup here that the, the challenge, I, I guess, again, we never see exactly the video that they see, but it seems like the, the video here is good enough for them to clearly see what happens and to, to make the correct calls here. And Jacob, one of the things that stood out to me, one of my favorite moments of the match was the look in John Cook's face on that second challenge of the first match whenever it was, you guys better not be wrong. He had a, a look in his eyes of <laughs> you guys better not screw me here. And I, I think that was pretty funny. But I want to look ahead to Sunday, Jacob. That's the match everyone is looking forward to, horns down. Uh, how do you think Texas <laughs> and Nebraska match up on Sunday? And do you think Nebraska's block can be a difference as it was last night? Definitely. I mean, the big key for Texas's win over Wisconsin was just serving. Um, they had 11 aces, only seven errors. And Wisconsin just got stuck in um, a couple of rotations that they could not get out of. When Shrek was on the bench, um, they, they couldn't get her back out there. They, they couldn't get out of um, the, the, these rotations. And things just kind of snowballed from there. So um, I, I think Nebraska, they struggled a little bit in service against Arkansas. They did not pass up to their level. But in general, it's a very, very strong passing team. And um, I think that's going to be a key is like if, if you can hold, hold up there and allow yourself to kind of play to the way that they've been playing all season, um, that is what didn't happen for Wisconsin. 
is going to have to hold up under the Texas service pressure. Um, and then they're going to have to assert some pressure themselves because Mass and Skinner and H. O'Neill, like if Texas is um, in system and comfortable and doing what they want, those two are going to terminate at a ridiculously high level. So Nebraska's got to kind of keep them on their heels. Um, and that goes from, from serving and with their shots too. Like they can't, and when they've got a chance to um, take a great swing, they've got to do it. They, keep, they can't just send an easy, easily dug ball over because then in transition, that's going to be coming right back at them. So Russ uh, is going to have to hold up under Texas pressure and then assert some of their own. Is this a better matchup for Nebraska than Wisconsin? Uh, I mean, I, I think in general, uh, up until last night, Wisconsin was the better team. So from that standpoint, yes. But, I mean, you get to this point, um, they've got some – fantastic athletes there um and skinner is as good as anybody in the country and she's been here before uh, actually a few times now um with kentucky uh and, and, and texas this year as well so going for three uh championships there um so like i mean there's no such thing as an easy matchup once you get to this point i think wisconsin at its best um would have been a tougher matchup but that's the way it works out sometimes wisconsin definitely was not at its best uh, and Texas elevated themselves. So, um, yeah, I guess like going in the tournament, you'd rather see a, a team like Texas than uh, Wisconsin. But the way that Texas played last night, Nebraska's just gonna have to gonna have to bring their A game for sure, um, and gonna have to go out and earn it. Jacob, real quick, Husker hoops down at K State. A thought on that matchup, and is Indomitian Sue paying tribute to you with the man bag? <laughs> I uh, I thought he was here. I didn't really. Uh, I wasn't able to find him in the crowd, but I didn't go talk to him or anything. But uh, which is hard cool. to do. Um, yeah. It sounds like Jacob was avoiding cool, Indomitian and Sue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying Sue and, and her dad Sports captured the the, the, the still pick and the, the video part. Really cool. But Sue was, you know, hunkered down uh, and and he was wearing a little Louis around. Is it Louis? Would you say it was Louis? I don't know. I, Versace, I no Versace. Uh, what, whatever, whatever, that, whatever. <laughs> first round money dudes uh, and multimillionaires can afford. But he's wearing the the, the rather large man bag, uh, which you know Sue can do whatever the hell he wants. Is what I'll say. That's, yeah, I think that's kind of my stance on it as well. Whatever you want to do, uh, <laughs> yes, Mr. Sue can do it. Uh, but it's cool to see him here. Uh, obviously, Texas. They've got some uh, some notable fans uh, in, in their stand as well with a. Uh, um, former NBA players there having daughters on the team and H. O'Neill and Madison Skinner. So, um, yeah, it's again, 19 and a half thousand. We'll see if they can push it, uh, even more this year. Um, as for basketball, um, I have no idea. This is kind of a, I think a big game for them just, um, coming off of obviously the disappointing stretch there, um, with Minnesota and Creighton and then the bounce back to get that win over Michigan state. This is kind of their last chance to, to go prove something in, in the non-conference because it was light up until um, that, that, that stretch here where they've got, what, four straight um, high-major opponents uh, after just nothing but uh, kind of low majors and uh, whatever you want to call it, Oregon State this year. Um, so it, it's a big game. It's a big game, a learning game, I think. Like, all right, what happened against Michigan State is sustainable versus – well, Michigan State has just kind of been a rough spot as well, and Nebraska was able to capitalize on that. So I think we'll learn quite a bit about uh, the Huskers here um, going to Kansas State to 
um, to, to wrap up this really, really tough stretch. That's uh, two two losses down, one win. Uh, I think going two and two in the stretch is probably something that you would have accepted going into it. So that's kind of what's on the line here. It's not quite the way that you thought you'd get the two and two, but you take a bad loss, you got to go out and um, make up for it with with a good win, and that's what this uh, that's what this uh, this game presents the opportunity to do that. Jacob, last thought here about 30 seconds. Any big plans for your Saturday as you await National Championship Sunday? I know you got Bush Gardens down there. You go to the beach. You could defect to Cuba. A lot of options. you have any ideas what you're going to be doing on your Saturday? Well, uh, the problem is it's apparently going to be raining all day long. And when it rains down here, it, it, it's, it's not going to be sprinkling. So yeah. <laughs> we'll have to uh, kind of figure things out on the fly. I have no idea kind of what events are going on because of the weather. I know that PBF uh, was going to probably uh, volleyball Federation with the Supernovas. They were going to have a concert uh, Saturday here. That has been canceled because of the weather. So I, we're going to have to figure out what's going on tomorrow once uh, once everything gets settled in here. But yeah, it's unfortunate. Notably, no denial of a possible defection to Cuba. No, so. Jacob will uh, find his I'm way kidding, to kidding. the. That's what we took away from that. Yeah, <laughs> Jacob, uh, appreciate you, man. Great coverage. You and the team at Herdat. Thanks for jumping on with us, bud. And we'll check in with you next week. Uh, sounds good. Thanks, guys. There he is. Jacob Padilla uh, trying to, to stay quiet in a media room, it sounds like. Big thanks to Jacob. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you again. On Hail Varsity Radio. Don't forget the weekend edition tomorrow morning, 745. Myself, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal, the latest on how visits may be going this weekend. Uh, we have Connor Clark joining us from Chicago. Can see us all, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. You're reminded again to get to Herdat Sports Bar and Grill in La Vista for the watch party, uh, Nebraska and Texas on Sunday, 489-1240 to get in here on Hale Varsity Radio or 800-825-5865. Bill Dolman coming up. We may, we may have uh, a encore from John Baylor. JB also in Tampa, maybe with us around 530. We will see. Jake Mielheisen set to join us as well. And then Clausburn, his naughty or nice list which is holiday tradition. It's quite like Festivus. Uh, some public grievances, but also some pats on the back from Clausburn. He's been doing this since 2010. I mean, you're, you're intrigued. I did not submit your names on thank here. God, thank God. That was my concern. That was my concern. So you, you guys I, I are did, fine. I did well enough in my picks this year that I don't think I'd be put on the naughty list. I was pretty nice throughout most of the segments with Claus, but I also don't know. He's always watching, you know. No, he's always imaginary and he wears red. So Claus with us at 540. Negative Mike checks in. No more crystal balls. Brian says. That's so, that's so par for the course for Negative Mike. That's all right, Negative (laughs) Mike. We love hearing from you. Brian checks in. I was expecting Elijah to be broadcasting remote from the Bushes outside South Stadium. Are there still Bushes outside South Stadium or has the, uh, the demolition began in some sort of way or fashion? There's still, next to Avery Hall, there's still some bushes. Yes. There, I think. Yes. Yeah. So uh, nothing uh, concrete yet. What do we got on the line? Or oh. we just haven't hung up yet. Yeah, 489-1240 <laughs> or 800-825-5865 to get in. So, guys, uh, also this weekend, you have Vincent Shavers 
uh, linebacker that has been committed to Miami. It sounds like he may have decommitted uh, from Miami. Dylan Walt Williams is a, a talented backer as well, currently committed to Oregon. Bly Hill, talented defensive back out of the state of Pennsylvania. Those are some other potential last-minute flips Nebraska could be in play for. We know that, that family and comfort is key to Riola, and, and I think he'll find that in Lincoln with Matt Rule and his staff. And I think um, I think things will be good Wednesday on that front. With uh, Nebraska linebacker fellas, though, that's another key spot to uh, to continue to to, to develop and, and get talent. Of course, uh, Bullock is coming back. That's, that's nice. That's a huge win. Uh, really talented player. I like Bullock. Patrol in the middle. You like what you've seen from Princewell uh, at that jack spot. And uh, it's kind of a blur. Has Sherman got another year? MJ, yeah. MJ. So MJ Sherman's there. Uh, and Bayer, I really like what you saw from Bayer. But you get both these linebackers. Uh, you got Shavers, a, a three-star uh, from Florida that is uh, has been on board with Miami for quite a while. And then Dylan Williams. Both those guys have a nice combination of size and speed. And you're going to need all uh, all sorts of athleticism and, yes, toughness to, to make it work in the Big Ten at that second level. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. The athleticism of these guys is what stands out. I mean, think to what Miami and Georgia, or excuse me, Oregon have at their their linebacker mm-hmm. spots. These guys, from what I have seen on film, kind of fit that that stereotype of what Oregon looks for in their linebackers, what Miami looks for in their linebackers: speed, sideline to sideline. That's what you need in a three-three-five, and that's the one thing I think you can say whenever you look at Nebraska's linebacker core last year. Is the one guy that truly was sideline to sideline was your leading tackler, Isaac Gifford. I'm not sitting here saying that that Reimer or Henrich were, were not big pluses at the linebacker spot for Nebraska next season, but I don't necessarily think they were the exact mold that Tony White is looking for in their linebackers. And and these guys seem to fit the 3-3-5 linebacker mold really, really well. Is Nebraska going to be able to secure their commitments? It's another question. We'll see. It's a huge recruiting weekend, as we've been talking about all week long. But I don't want to underplay the importance of getting a guy like John Bullock back because with as much as he played last season – and as uh, solid as he looked during his time on the field, it almost makes me feel like Nebraska getting nine starters back on defense instead of eight. Mm-hmm. Getting him back. Sure. He was pretty much, I mean, that, that next man up mentality, he embodied that so well. Whenever Henrich or Reimer was off the field, you barely noticed that, oh, it's John Bullock on the field now. He, he played really, really well in that spot. And, Again, it just feels like another starter back for Nebraska, despite the fact he wasn't the number one name on the depth chart. Yeah, and, you know, Connor, Elijah, the thing that Nebraska did so well was was rotate guys in, but guys had a role. I mean, you look at Henrich, his role was more of a, a third-down blitzer, uh, which was pretty telling. And I, I remember Bullock and how well he played against Illinois and how well he played against Wisconsin to – Really uh, pretty important phone booth games. Uh, Walter checks in from outside of Philly. Adding another 300-pound defensive lineman would be nice. Uh, Walter also wants Jacob to go to the dog track tomorrow. <laughs> I can't see Jacob rolling down and, and, and say, put a G on Santa's little helper. I can't see him doing that. But back to the linebacker and recruiting, Connor. You know, Nebraska's been around that that 25, 
to 26 number, but it, it could take a, a, a big-time arrow up here by Wednesday. It certainly could. And I want to go back to something that you mentioned about it seemed like everybody on the defense last year had a role. And I think that's absolutely correct because at the beginning of the year, we talked about how it wasn't just 11 guys in that unit. It was more like 24, 25 guys that were rotating in and out. And it seemed like every single time any one of those guys was on the field, they had a purpose in some way, shape, or form in some part of that defense, and it always worked out. And obviously the defense was fantastic from start to finish to this year. John Bullock coming back, I think it's massive, not only because he brings a year of experience, but as Elijah said, he's a good leader. He's very determined. He's very tough. That's going to be a word that's thrown around a lot this offseason. He's very tough, and he knows how to play in the system, obviously. So having that returning continuity, and and I would agree with your statement, Elijah, too. It's, it's more like bringing nine starters back now from a defense a year ago that was so good. And then you mentioned you know guys from Florida who may be you know, flipping it over to, over to Nebraska now. You talk about the athleticism, what Oregon looks for. Well, good news for you, you get to play against Oregon now too. So they get to have, have a little bit of taste of their own flavor there. So that could be really interesting to watch once Tony White you know, starts to get his mold of guys across the defense, not that the guys that are in that defense right now are, are anything subpar. They were really, really good. But if you just keep adding to what Tony White has – in mind is say is quote perfect defense that could be really scary and I'm really intrigued to see how that's going to work against your traditional Big Ten teams that we've been so used to watching over the last 12-13 years and then putting that up against a UCLA a USC an Oregon or a Washington so I'm, I'm really excited about this defensive unit I was really excited about it all year long last year um, I, obviously a lot less question marks about the system because you know it works um, it, it's just a, a matter of where can we plug in these new guys and how can we have those 24, 25, maybe even 26 guys have their certain role every single time on the field? Because I thought that was just massive for this team last year. Apologies, guys. I missed the bed. we got to get out of here. Yeah, keep sending uh, the Big Red Army in waves. We'll wind down Hour 1. It's Hail Varsity powered by Cornhead Lager. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, proud of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, NBC Sports, the professor, going to be with us at 5 o'clock. Maybe a John Baylor signing, Jake Muehlheisen to talk some hoops. And then Clausburn is going to be with us, his naughty or nice list. Podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Download us with Hale Varsity Radio. Tell us what you think, good, bad, or ugly. Also, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. It is free can watch the show uh, and uh, stream it that way via video. Reminder about buckling up. Use your seatbelt. It saves lives. It prevents injuries only if properly worn. Make it click. A message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Jason checks in on the stream, and uh, he is super excited about Wednesday. I think this year's uh, going to be actually going to have a signing day surprise. The staff likes to keep things on the quiet side, so there could be moves that nobody knows about yet. Uh, you've been implored, Elijah, to do some recon tonight with your buddy crew at different spots around the capital city. No promises. No promises? No, no promises. I, I pulled off a miracle last week with you, a little recon. You, you I and I are I both texting at 2 a.m. going, dude. Let's plan the show, and you're like, go to bed. <laughs> a more interesting thought is this could be the first time. So both in- of you were screwed. Pretty much. I was at an ugly sweater party, 
and uh, Elijah was just being a vibrant twenty-four-year-old. I had my ear to the Look ground. No, I know you were. You're, 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 I was working. You're, I was you're, on the clock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bartender, <laughs> one more for me and my friend. This is important. <laughs> you were saying, <laughs> give him a double. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good work! Isn't this just the best job? The it's fact that fun, we get to hop on the air every single day and talk about it's best for football. us. <laughs> I mean, yeah. sometimes I do have to sit back and just be be thankful. Not only that we get to do this job, but that we have people that chime in every single day and hop in the stream and people that want to to tune in and listen every single day. Very thankful for you. Uh, Very thankful for a potentially great upcoming weekend for the Husker Nation as a whole with volleyball, with the the big recruiting news. Like the, The possibilities of this weekend in terms of their importance to Nebraska in the long term are absolutely massive. I don't think that they can be overstated. So uh, just really, really uh, an exciting time to be working this job, to be within the state of Nebraska, to be a Husker fan for those of you at home. It's just uh, all around. I know it's not Thanksgiving, but I'm feeling kind of thankful. Schmitty. No, it, be thankful. It's all good. And we'll remind ourselves about being thankful about 6.40, 7.40 tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> I might not go on the same spiel at no, 7.40 I know. tomorrow morning, but I'm feeling good. <laughs> All right, here we go. But, uh, no, we were talking uh, best, worst gifts, and I got to throw out there uh, the – I was saying this this morning. Every year in the stocking, Grandma and Grandpa out in western Nebraska and McCook would get either English leather or brute clone. And a little dab will do you, or a lot of dab will do you if you're a stinky junior high kid and you didn't shower after P.E. It got me through it. But at the time, I'm like, dude, what? Brute, Stetson, English leather? But but it worked. At the time, as Ron Burgundy would say, it singes the nostrils. But it, 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 was, it was important when it comes to a best, worst gift. You nodded and said, God love you, Grandma and Grandpa. Thanks for the gift, but... It kept people at least talking to you, uh, or or at least not within uh, fifty feet of you. Within fifty, <laughs> but part of that could have been the brute. <laughs> yeah, that's also true. Part of that could have been the brute. Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, the professor, kicks off hour two on Hale Varsity. He's the Pride of Fairbury, an average Joe. Bill Dolman, the professor. I had a six ACT in nineteen sixty-seven. One time I got an A and my grandma beat me for cheating. Now with Hale Varsity Radio. Pride of Fairbury is here. It's Bill Dolman at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Hour two with Hale Varsity. Powered by Cornhead Logger. Billy D, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Do you have a tree in the corner or are you just, uh, well, are you going uh, like, what were the, the neighbors with Griswold? Uh Todd and, and you know, um, Margo, Margo. Thank you. Todd and Margo, Todd and Margo in it in your office, dude. Um, I got a coffee pot. Okay. That's yeah. it. That's about as festive as it gets around here when you are a slave to the grade and you've got to, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, try to keep students in line. And I think I, I, you know, look, I don't want to, I, I don't want to violate any laws here. Okay. But I'm going to, Say it anyway, Connor is an above average student. Really? Surprisingly. Yeah. So I just, I'm just tired of his grade. So, yeah, tell us his grade. Just go. 
I will say Bill did make up for not giving me that stupid point on that one quiz big time last night. So that was cool. So thank you, Bill, for that. That, that was about a 6% difference, so I appreciate you greatly for that. We do have pressing questions uh, from Lloyd in the, in the stream. Uh, the did, simple did, answer did, to that, no. Did Herb's toot, or why was he fanning the door? It is freaking 90 <laughs> degrees in here in the middle of December is why I'm fanning the freaking door. Hey, well, hold on. You're Lloyd, the one who tells Christmas me to wear all... shorts, and you're wearing a, a Bronco zip-up hoodie right now. Yeah, and he mean, didn't, take your he, own advice. He, he, didn't, he didn't lose a bet. He's a donkey fan. Uh, Lloyd Christmas also is, is calling D out for the grade. Um, Bill? I, I think w- that was a smiley face. Okay. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe it says it's, equal it's, It is both a smiley face and Connor Clark's grade. Perhaps. <laughs> uh, well, we, we would have a problem if that was true. Bill, let's go back to the grading criteria here. Memorial Stadium is lit up. It's kind of a gray, dreary day, so all the lights around 10th and Vine uh, are uh, even that more illuminating. So, big weekend. Raiola's here uh, and uh, some other dudes that they're looking at. Brandon Baker's in Austin. We just... Heard that from Greg Smith, so no left tackle has made a uh, last-minute visit. All things being equal, though, we were starting off the show talking about comfort, comfort and family uh, with with Nebraska football and Riola. Uh, kid's skilled, he's talented, and the uh, rodeo that you know about recruiting, you, you've seen this before, uh, even you know, thirty years ago with with Tommy Frazier. I mean, you gotta you gotta be on on point if you're Nebraska. That that's obvious, but it still goes. It still needs to be said uh, this weekend. Well, first of all, uh, going back to Greg Smith, is he just like on dry, flying planes to see if recruits are on them? Is that all he's doing this week? Because wasn't he on one from well, he, Chicago and saw the McCord kid, and they, now he's yeah. Yeah, and I, just flying around, seeing if people are on planes. And, and to Greg's credit, he's like, "No, I'm keeping the window seat." <laughs> uh, crazy times, uh, and and I'm not sure if Memorial Stadium is illuminated or if the if the sunshine is uh, is upon it. But uh, <laughs> well I think uh, you know, I, I I think Nebraska sure uh, with this visit uh, needs to be on point. Okay. Uh, and not make not make mistakes, which I don't think that they will do. But I I think that Nebraska has been on point with the Rayolas for years. And I mean, when when Dominic made the decision to come to Nebraska back in the 1990s, there was something that this state did, uh, the character, the people, the program, everything that made an impression upon him back then to leave Hawaii and to come to the middle of the country. You remember Fiona Nepo was on campus as Nebraska's national championship center. And uh, Dominic came here with uh, Tony Finotti, who was around, Tony Tata. I think there was another player that came from Hawaii. But I go back, I go back in time because I think that the experience that Fiona had, the, uh, the experience that Dominic had, left a lasting impression upon him and his family. And so, yeah, Nebraska needs to, to do a good job recruiting. But I think when it comes down to it, you know, this is a very tight-knit family. And I think that as much as Dominic wants his son to make a, a very 
wise decision on his own, there there is still very much a warm blanket in the Rayola family uh, in regards to how Nebraska makes them feel. And so, you know, maybe he would, maybe Dom or uh, Dylan was is making a decision between Nebraska and Georgia and maybe somebody else. Uh, I doubt that. But I think that Nebraska has meant something to the Rayolas collectively for a long, long time. I don't think it's because, well, they just gave Donnie a new contract. I think Donnie earned the contract. Um, And I think he's happy here. Uh, I I think this is home, and I think it's a big deal. So, yeah, does Nebraska need to be on message and do all the right things and – and make them feel like a very uh, uh, highly touted and beloved recruit. But I think in the long run, what's going to win out if, if Dylan Raiola comes to Nebraska is that this is, this is home and has been in their hearts for, for decades. Bill, what is it about Lincoln, Nebraska? You're a native son from Fairbury, as the, the intro says, but you're a guy who moved across the country. Now you find yourself back in Lincoln. I mean, we've seen it with other guys. Kenny Bell is a guy that was originally from Colorado. He ends up in Nebraska. Adrian Martinez had some rough years at Nebraska. Goes off to K-State, but where does he find himself after graduation? Lincoln, Nebraska. You talk about the Riles. It seems to be a very common story. What is it about Lincoln, and what is it about the University of Nebraska, in your opinion, that makes it feel like home to so many people? Well, I don't think it's just Lincoln. I, I think it's the, the character of the state that, you know, when, when they do come to Nebraska, I don't think everybody – uh, you know, from outside just stays within the confines of Lincoln or maybe goes up to Omaha. I think that there are times when those players actually do get an opportunity to, to go out to Grand Island or to Kearney or Scotts Bluff or someplace, and they get to experience a, a really nice pace of life that they may have never experienced before on the Big Island or in Los Angeles or Miami or wherever it might be, that when they come to Nebraska and, you know, they – and go back, they get to experience the character of the program under Tom Osborne, which still has relevance, even to this day with Matt Rule. Um, but when they get a chance to, to meet players who have walked on from small towns or scholarship players from around the area, and it's like, hey, why don't you come home and hang out with me out in Shickley or Fairbury or Valentine or whatever, go hunting, you know, ride a tractor for the first time. I remember when we were on uh, – when I was doing the Osborne show, we did a deal where we had players would go, you know, kind of an odd couple type thing, go out and hang out with a teammate. We did one with Brian Shaw, who was a linebacker from, I think, Sandy Creek, if I remember correctly. Tony Ortiz. And Tony Ortiz from from New York. And, <laughs> and Tony went out and hung out with Brian Shaw. And, yeah, it was kind of funny, but those guys were very much brothers. You know, and Tony was welcomed on the farm and welcomed downtown and you know, there are different cultures that, you know, get a chance to meet people. And I think that they, once it kind of wears off that, you know, people are saying hi, why? They understand that, you know what, there is something to this Nebraska nice thing. And maybe it's not for everybody. But I, I do think that when they when they get here and they have the chance to experience it, that the character of the state, the honesty of the people, you know, there are certainly fringes that take it too far and that, you know, are, are too much on the keyboard warrior side. But I think people just genuinely come here and feel like, you know what, I, I feel like I'm being embraced by people who really mean it. And, you know, there's a video that's going out today with, you know, the pit volleyball players getting a, an ovation by the Nebraska fans down in Tampa. And I think that was after the match. And maybe that was, a you know, hey, thanks for playing. Um, or maybe it was before. I don't know. 
But that's the kind of people that Nebraskans are, I think, in general. And I think Nebraska athletes, athletes of all sports tend to feel that, and they like coming here, and they like staying here, and they want to come back here. Well, Bill, it kind of feels like Matt Rule is embodying what you just described, too, because we were talking in the first hour about he's almost recruiting by example, and he preaches you know, the family-oriented atmosphere, not only the program, but just how the guys on the team and, and whoever works within the program acts on a day-to-day basis. So would you say recruiting by example is an accurate phrase to describe what Matt Rule has been doing over this offseason in the first three or so weeks? Yeah, I think that's, uh, that, that's accurate. I think, you know, he has – he has done a great job over the last year, I think, of acclimating himself to Nebraskans and for allowing Nebraskans to, you know, acclimate themselves to him. Uh, I think he's embraced it. I, I think that he's been surprised. He said it, um, you know, on the on the McAfee interview earlier this week that, you know, when he came out here, he has that impression like everybody else. Well, there's just a bunch of cornfields in a football stadium. Well, if you go out far enough, yeah, maybe that's true. <laughs> but, you know, Lincoln's a great city. I tell people all the time around the country, I'd put Lincoln and Omaha collectively up with Indianapolis, Oklahoma City, Kansas City, you know, some Albuquerque places, you know, that are considered metro areas or bigger bigger areas. I think, I think what we have to offer here is pretty spectacular, but also the people. And I, I think Matt Rule has done a great job of really understanding, uh, you know, this place is pretty genuine. And I think he sells that pretty well. And the Riolas already know that. And other recruits are probably finding that out as well. Bill, and spend a minute on the, the the task at hand. And we've touched on it this week, but the the level of of a player you're going to get in that quarterback room if things go the, the right way for Nebraska. Well, it's certainly going to be a different room, that's for sure, uh, with the whole McCord. I mean, the last week has just been crazy with uh, the McCord stuff and then, you know, Levitt and uh, all the other players that have been named. But if you bring in a generational player like like Dylan Rayola, we've all been watching the videos. Uh, it's it is He's a special player. And I think that, you know, as much hype as Arch Manning got for the two or three years of his recruitment, and justifiably so, um, I think that Nebraska is getting a player at least on par with what Texas got in Arch Manning. He carries the Manning name, which is the first family of football. But I, I cannot remember a quarterback other than him getting this kind of attention and having everybody you know, universally say, this is just a, a special, special player. It's hard to you know, go back in time and say that Tommy Frazier was the same kind because we were just in a different era of recruiting a different era of media availability and video. Tommy Frazier was kind of a legend that we'd heard about with some grainy highlights from, you know, uh, from what was it, Orlando, Tampa area, right? Uh, Bradenton. There it is. So with, with Dylan Rayola, I feel, we feel like we've known him for, well, since he was in seventh grade, but certainly over the last year. But for if, they, if Nebraska's to get him and then, you know, maybe, maybe Chubba Purdy sticks around. I think Heidrich Harburg is probably – you know, uh, always going to be a Husker. Um, Dylan Rayola just transforms everything with that room. There's no question about it. He's a big kid too. He is. He he is. Uh, he's the real deal. Bill, get a switch to volleyball. How you feeling about Sunday, Nebraska v Texas? Well, I said the other day brilliantly on the Average Joe Sports Show that you know I thought the Arkansas matches was the perfect tune-up for Nebraska to survive and get to the. Uh, the national semifinals. And I thought we watched Nebraska at times scramble and survive uh, rallies against Pitt 
And I think that was as a direct result of, of, the, of what they had to endure from Arkansas uh, in the regional final. Uh, Nebraska, I didn't think looked great at times, but they, they looked, you know, beautifully ugly. Uh, you know, if you, it, there was just some really scrappy, gritty volleyball. And, and I think Arkansas prepared Nebraska very well to beat Pitt. They dominated Pitt. Uh, they demoralized Pitt, I think, in that third. I think that was – they just could not come back. They could go and yell in the bathroom all they want. But, uh, and who they hasn't? Were not, they, they were not going to come back and beat Nebraska in that third third game. I was stunned by, uh, by what Texas did to uh, Wisconsin. And I'm not sure sh- – I wonder, can Texas do that again after beating Stanford and what they did to Wisconsin? Uh, but I'm convinced Nebraska can adapt to any style – of play any system and uh i i think it's there i think it's nebraska's for the taking uh you know skinner what she she hit zero the first two sets and then dominated the third and then there on out that's gonna they're gonna need more than skinner uh to beat nebraska on sunday i think it does feel like two volleyball teams that are playing their best volleyball of the season though bill and we've seen a lot of good volleyball from this husker volleyball team all season long but it seems like from that first set against Arkansas when they got punched in the mouth a little bit, a, a, a switch was flipped, and they have been playing lights out ever since. You can say the same with Texas. I mean, that performance last night was was stupendous. I don't want to be hyperbolic by any means, but this feels like one for the ages potentially on Sunday. It could be. Um, I, I you know, Nebraska did not get a great match from Merritt Beeson and still won. Uh, they got great play from Allie Batenhorst, who was so – I think the turning point maybe for Nebraska – in Tampa is the the whiff on the attack and then the three consecutive plays that she made. Um, uh, you know, Harper Murray is so fantastic. Uh, Bergen Riley, I said this weeks ago, is the best setter in Nebraska history. Mm, as a freshman. And I still, and I believe, and I think Kelly Hunter's up there, but I think Bergen Riley is, is the best. And she's got three more years to go. Um, it's, it's special. Becca Alec is, I like the way they rally around her. This is just, it, this Nebraska team is the most important volleyball team in the history of the sport. How about that? That's that's a fair take. I mean, just be, certainly most influential. They've transformed this sport this season. I think there are a couple of other teams you could say that about other sports. Oklahoma softball a couple of years ago, I think, transformed that mm-hmm. sport. I think maybe the uh, Diana Taurasi UConn women's basketball era twenty years ago transformed women's basketball. Uh, U.S. soccer team in 99. But what Nebraska has meant to the sport of volleyball this year is the most important as it turns its chapter. Uh, it's it's spectacular. Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. At Bill I'm Dolman. right about that, by the way. You are. We will see you later, Billy D. Thanks for jumping on. All right. Congratulations, Connor. Hey, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. We're efforting one John Baylor. Jake Milheisen set to join us as well. Chat with him about Nebraska and K-State. Clausburn is naughty and nice list coming up. It's annual holiday tradition for uh, Nebraska uh, and quite honestly, Clausburn just kind of laid the law down. Who made his naughty or nice list? Uh, Nebraska chance 
to make uh, a really good list of wow programs with this recruiting cycle. I know that's kind of been the one-two punch today, fellas, with uh, Nebraska. But when I look at some teams right now that are on that that pedestal of college football, and we can we can list them. We can say it's Georgia. We can say it's Michigan. We can say it's been Clemson. It's for sure been Alabama. Uh, LSU's been pretty talent heavy. Oregon's been right there, right? So, and who else am I? I mean, Texas. Texas has been underachieving for years, but they're not finally under Sark. They that appear to be back. That he's that he's got some time. But the the key thing is, you know, you get the the five star. It it beats the uh, the waiting game of five years, and that's an old Jimmy Walden take. Five star, five star, five year. And if you do both, then you're really kicking butt and taking names. If you can get the three star that you develop and by you know year two, two and a half of the program can play two two years for you, that's big. If you can get the guy to come in that's high level and and polished, and the the transition doesn't take as long. Man, not only does that help your football team, especially at a spot at quarterback, but also it um, it it really makes your spot attractive. A, because you're playing young guys that can can handle the moment and perform, but B, other big time dudes want to want to follow uh, and and be a part of that. So there's so many dominoes that can go the right way here for Nebraska, but. I mean, Nebraska's glory years, why did they go 60-3? and three? They had amazing players. They won big games. The, the buildup was decades long with the, the development phase, but they hit both. They hit the development, and then they also got the, the difference makers that were uh, better than, than your guys, and they were better earlier than your guys. And I think you you might be on the verge of that if you're Matt Rule. You're going to be able to get the guys that you develop and put in on the lines of scrimmage that, that do take time. And then you're also able to... The one guy I've seen this year that I can't believe is a freshman is Alabama's left tackle. I, true, I don't know his name. I know who you're talking a about. A true 18-year-old that's just beating the hell out of grown men. <laughs> I feel like you could say that for ninety-five percent of true freshmen starting in the SEC. You're right, but I mean, you're supposed to, that that is that's you're 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 as good as your reputation. You come in, and I'm watching him just manhandle people at Georgia. You're getting that type of dude, and it's it's pretty rare. Connor, tell me, you being in and around the the campus at, at Nebraska on a day-to-day basis, what's the buzz like? I would say it was pretty high this week, um, even though it was finals week and we didn't have our, our regularly scheduled classes. I mean, I still saw a lot of people around campus, uh, whether that was, you know, at the, the testing centers or whatever, or just studying at the library. And this whole thing has been a constant conversation. And how could it not be, right? Because, again, when that story broke on Monday, I was a, about as shocked as everybody else. And that's all my friends and I were talking about. And then – the following days, it's like, oh, my goodness, what could be in this quarterback room? And honestly, what the team could be in general. I mean, nobody nobody really knew and nobody really still knows at this point. I guess the, the picture is a little bit clearer now. But it, there's, certainly, there's certainly a buzz around this. And it wasn't just around 
Riola, it was around McCord, too, when that whole thing was going on. I mean, there were signs hanging off fraternity house windows, I mean, on campus about Kyle McCord. And, like, just, there is a buzz. I I can confidently say that there is a buzz around what could happen this offseason for Nebraska football because I think it's something that, yes, us students aren't, you know, we haven't been through it for the last 20 years. We're not – we weren't alive for the glory days, obviously. But it just feels like, especially somebody a part of my class too, you've been longing for that bowl game throughout your entire college tenure. And you get so close in our last go-around, right? And you don't get there. You just want so bad for this program to take that next step, even if it's when we're gone. And I think that buzz is certainly capturing campus right now. Pretty big. Open phones here, 489-1240 for uh, a little bit. We're going to try and reconnect here with uh, John Baylor. Uh, We laid out some of the flip candidates for Nebraska. Also this weekend, Vincent Shavers, linebacker uh, from Miami, committed to Miami, decommitted to Miami. And uh, you have Dylan Williams, also Oregon. He is at a Long Beach, super talented ball player. Uh, Two inside backers. You're looking at Bly Hill, uh, defensive back, and, of course, You've got the uh, the whole fam uh, with Riola uh, in town, uh, and that that got kicked off this morning. So, pretty big uh, for Nebraska uh, to uh, to have this opportunity. Wednesday will be a good day for Nebraska. Uh, pretty confident in that. Uh, we should have. I think we've got him. We we have actually have him. Patrick calling in. Oh, Patrick's with us. I, you had my hopes up that it was JB. <laughs> JB right now is probably, well, he's probably talking Red, Red Sox baseball with somebody in, in Tampa. Uh, Patrick, thanks for calling. Go for it. Yeah, quick question. Uh, do we know when for certain Rayola is going to be here and for how long? Is that he's known here, yet? He's here now. That's what the reports would indicate from people both on the airplane with him and uh, the flight trackers that you'll see online. They would, yeah, he's, they he's, he landed up in Omaha this morning and is, we can assume, down in Lincoln. Yeah, I, he's here now, and I think he's here through the weekend. And then they have they have until what day to actually make that decision? What's that? I guess I don't know what signing day is. For certain. It's Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. Yep. Hey, thank you very much. Uh-huh. I appreciate it. Yep. Okay. I, do, I do have a question for both of you since you were on the ground in Lincoln in circa 2018. What, I got a question for you. What's the, the pictures behind you? Uh, you can ask my mother about that. I, thought, I, I didn't know if it was some sort of artsy deal that's a Chicago Bulls picture or what. It's it's some sort of uh, it's some sort of aesthetic. Is that there is there a bronze here. sculpture of Rodman in the home? I wish because that would be <laughs> awesome, and I probably would have stolen that for my apartment already. But something I, I'm wondering about too with this whole Raiola discussion is okay, assuming he commits and signs and everything, right? And the and the, the bow is on the package. Probably your starter day one as a true freshman, right? I think he well, has a, a really good opportunity to go win a job. What was the feeling in 2018 when you knew Adrian Martinez as a true freshman was going to be a starter? A little bit different, obviously, mm-hmm. not the same, you know, recruiting profile, but it was still a pretty big deal. It, it was it was a big deal, but you know what what kind of brought it to life was Adrian's like first play. Where he scampers right, yeah, for right. fifty yards, and that first drive, yeah. somersaults in. I mean, you saw the wow. Yeah, see, that, that was when the buzz to me started because that whole off season, 
it was still the, the discussion of, is it going to be Jevia or is it going to be Martinez? And a mm-hmm. lot of people assumed it was going to be Martinez, and then Jevia hits the transfer mm-hmm. portal, and you go, okay, it's going to be Adrian Martinez. But it wasn't a, a thing where you were like, okay, Nebraska's got its guys. You thought Nebraska had a really good candidate of being a guy for the future. The buzz was not about Martinez. It was about Frost. Mm-hmm. That, was, that, right. was, that was the week that right. felt like this week. The week following that, uh, that UCF conference championship game, after Nebraska loses yet again to Iowa, you know they're on the hunt for a coach. That was the week where you felt the buzz. And it felt like on a Sunday morning in Nebraska, every single person was either tuned into their TV set or they were uh, they had the, the press conference pulled up on their phone and they were watching Scott Frost get introduced as the, the head coach in Nebraska. That's what this week has felt like more to me was that week and that moment in Husker history in terms of buzz. It's certainly the most totally buzz, agree. I think, around campus in – while now obviously when Matt Rule was hired, that was a pretty big deal, right? Mm-hmm. And now you have a chance to bring in a caliber of this player. The the biggest buzz around campus, I would say, comparative to this, honestly, was probably the week leading up to that Michigan game in twenty twenty one. I mean okay. the buzz there was Where pretty this is your get over big. the hump moment. And, well, and, Night and game. Think, yeah. Yeah, I think the atmosphere in the building too kind of displayed that of like what the feeling on campus was all week I mean even though it was a loss it was just pure electricity there was so much excitement I, I would say even more so than Oklahoma last year and you had big new kickoff for that so I, I think that's what I would probably compare this to just from a student's perspective around campus I mean it's it's something we haven't really felt here in a little over two years now well and Frank checks checks in AM was Good, but DR is different level coming in, and I think that's it. And I think you put it perfectly, Elijah, with the the the, the comparable buzz of okay, Frost is here to fix. There was that feel too. If you're a Nebraska football fan, all right, we've talked a ton about the quarterback, and you know, being a quarterback away from what, <laughs> from bull eligibility, from uh, competent offense taking care of the football too. All right, you're a quarterback at this level away with this defense, with some of the skill guys, with a seasoned offensive line, they're doing some damage. I mean, you you could take a monster step on all sides of the football, find a return guy, keep being solid in the return, you know, in the uh, the special teams game. You could have a a team that just doesn't start out six and zero against a, a doable schedule, but you could have a team that can trade punches with people in November because you've got a good decision maker and a playmaker at quarterback. Can I just throw a hypothetical out there for you guys? Think about Husker Volleyball Sunday, national championship mm. game against Texas. Nebraska locks it up. They oh, win it. Oh, I don't like where this is going. So you're telling and me. You, Dylan Rail gets to the end of his visit to Nebraska that night, and he's seen enough. He's seen what he needs to do, and he hops on Twitter. It's, it's a hypothetical. <laughs> Maybe it's, a, it's wishful thinking from a Husker fan, but like, what kind of day in Husker history would that be? It'd be up there. Well, I mean, as long as you, you can dream as a Nebraska fan, I think you 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 beat Texas twenty five to two, twenty five to two, and and then uh, twenty five to one. Good and news then, for Husker and fans. Then, and then you get your, not have a clock, so and, and then you get your celebration that. video. And I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but with him being on campus, him being in Lincoln, it's starting to feel palpable, right? Hmm. No, it's it's yeah. There's there's some it, it, this time of year's a a good mood time for a lot of people anyway because it's close to signing day. It's hope. Well, yeah, you have uh, a guy that can deliver some goods uh, with that hope at quarterback uh, in town.
And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Just a reminder, be sure to check out Heard at Sports Bar and Grill this Sunday. Not just this Sunday, every Sunday for your NFL fix. Also tomorrow, NFL action going on. But, got Husker Volleyball. Going to hunker down and need a spot. Doesn't sound like a bad idea. Get some Bang Bang Shrimp. That Bang Bang sauce is incredible. Get a cold one or a toddy and watch Nebraska whack Texas to win. Uh, just off the interstate on La Vista and uh, get out to the Herd Ad Sports Bar and Grill. Let's get into the tis the season mood. And, uh, oh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Really? No Mickey Kaliki Maka? Uh, no, I, I, honestly, overrated Christmas song. I'm no. going to be totally honest with you guys. I thought Elijah was just shaking his head because I did not hear a single song. All right. Well, it's coming out over the air, Connor, so it's yeah. not distracting you. Clausburn is with us. It is the annual time for Naughty or Nice list, and Claus has his list he keeps track of throughout the year. Claus, how are we doing? Well, I'm doing okay. Been really busy preparing for Christmas, obviously. Been a little distracted this year working on my uh, ability to become a hypnotist so that I can fly to L.A. and convince Shohei Otani that he's actually a Nebraska alum and he ought to donate. So <laughs> that's, that's taking up a little more of my time than I would like. But <clears throat> other than that, it's been spent. Uh, thanking the uh, folks who invented volleyball for not making it a time-based sport so that Texas can't get one extra second on Sunday. So There you go. Wow. I love it. Well, Claus, you, you've put this list together. We've got a, a few names, and we'll uh, I'll start the list off. Elijah will follow uh, with uh, some options, and, and Connor will jump in as well. Claus, what are you getting Matt Rule this year? Well, Matt has certainly been uh, somebody who made his way onto the nice list relatively early. And so I wanted to do something really good for him. And I've been watching him all year. And at first, I thought, well, the way he gets that tongue working on the sideline, maybe I ought to get him a Sam's Club membership so he can buy pallets of Burt's Bees and not have to do that so often. (laughs) But then I thought... He's the kind of guy where things really tend to go his way, so maybe he's one of those lizard Illuminati people you hear about. <laughs> oh, so no. oh, no. When he comes back from his holiday break, he'll find a custom-built terrarium has replaced his office, and he ought to be able to keep warm all winter in Nebraska. It's Clausburn with us here as we roll through his <laughs> naughty or nice list, and Claus, we start off with a nice name. I have one I feel like may end up on the naughty list. I don't know, though, based on how his season went. Maybe he gets a a, a reprise from Claus this year because of that. Let's go to Brian Ferentz. You get that, Claus? Brian Ferentz? I'm just hearing it now. <clears throat> Brian Ferentz, well... He obviously didn't have a, a very good year. He's also someone who's tough to shop for. Initially, I thought I'd get him a fake ID and a pair of sweatpants that says juicy across the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people with daddy issues tend to have. But oh, wow. 
I thought I'd be productive, and so I'm getting him a study guide for the Iowa State Insurance License exam (laughs) so that he can start off 2024 with a brand-new career. Well, Clausburn, we'll we'll bring it back to Lincoln, and I'm curious to see what you have for the mayor of Lincoln, that being Fred Hoiberg. Well, you guys are already sort of seeing the fruits of my labor for Fred's gift. I uh, like Fred a lot. He's a really good guy, and so uh, I've helped create a firestorm of things on the message boards for people to get all excited about someone who's coming here that maybe we didn't think ever would so that he can go on winning two or three games that matter and otherwise continue to live in anonymity (laughs) so that we don't – he doesn't ever have to worry what his buyout clause says. (laughs) (laughs) Clausburn's with us, his naughty or nice list for this holiday season. Claus, he's been on the list every, every year, even though he's not coached here in a while. But I know one of your favorites is Carl Pellini. Well, Carl has been kind of out of sight, out of mind for us even uh, for a while now. And so Carl is going to be getting a bill for a brand-new computer for me. I didn't know what he was up to. (laughs) And so I went on the Internet to search and see where he was, what he's been doing. And now my computer has more viruses than a Chinese research lab. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, good. That was good. That was good, Claus. This uh, Claus is naughty or nice list with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Claus, let's go to the popular name of the week. We spent a good amount of time talking about him today. Dylan Riola. What is he getting for Christmas from one Clausburn? Three words, whatever he wants. <laughs> Good answer. Does he want a brand-new John Deere tractor? We got it set. Does he want a meal named after him at a Mexican restaurant that you only go to when you're hammered at about 2 a.m.? <laughs> got it. Does he want Christopher to put pineapple on every pizza and make him feel like home? Done. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, that's good. <sighs> well, we, we, got, we got one more name for you, Claus. And he's not a Nebraska coach, but he's certainly a coach that's made headlines throughout the season. Mr. Khaki's Jim Harbaugh. Well, he sort of already got a big gift by being seated number one in the college football playoff where relatively right. everybody thinks there probably should have been some sort of sanction. I don't know what it would have been, but something. So <clears throat> he's got a really good team. The players don't deserve to be treated badly because of something he did. So we're going to make sure it never happens again, and he'll be getting a brand-new copy of the NCAA rule book. <laughs> And a whole new, <clears throat> whole new set of uh, binoculars from Cabela's. But we will be canceling his subscription to whatever streaming service has James Bond movies playing on it, so that he doesn't get any kind of ideas. I love that. Uh, so we aren't hearing claws on the stream, apparently. Or maybe well, the we older I get, Christopher, the weaker the stream is anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
As far as I can tell, the, the listeners should be able to see Claus. We're sending audio levels from Claus. Yeah. So. Okay, well, yeah, well, check out the podcast if you're not catching Claus, but that's pretty good. Claus, uh, what, what would you like for Christmas as we say goodbye? Well, I'd like to take it back to Dylan Riola, but that sounds like a done deal. It's like asking for an orange at the bottom of your Christmas stocking. It's going to be there. <laughs> you don't really have to worry about it, although this is slightly better than an orange. I guess I'll take a happy holidays for everybody involved with the Hale Varsity Radio program and all of their listeners. Excuse me, all of their listener. Uh-huh, yeah, you know. <laughs> Claus, we love you. Thanks for for joining us tonight. Okay. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Weekend edition tomorrow, 745. We'll get you set for a monster weekend with Nebraska Athletics. Mark Cranach, myself, Elijah Herbal, and excited to do that. 745, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Catch us there. And subscribe also the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at H Varsity Radio. Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, Chris Schmidt. Appreciate y'all checking in this afternoon and into the evening. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, where you get the podcast. Download it, tell a friend, subscribe, and uh, repeat. Uh, get the um, the subscription on the YouTube and then the uh, the podcast. It's uh, free for you. So I said the best worst Christmas gift. Uh, I said either the brute or English leather grandma and grandpa would get me. It got me through junior high. Appreciate him for it. Uh, Cotter and Elijah. Elijah, a best worst. Uh, something you weren't thrilled with at the time that maybe came through. See, mine is a little bit. I was excited to open it, but my, my excitement was quickly curtailed shortly after opening it. What I got was a sick knife. And this was middle school aged Elijah. It was like uh, was it a pocket knife or was it a? It was large. Was it like a a, 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 a Bowie knife deal? Knife. It was kind of like a, a switchblade of sorts, um, which it didn't have like the spring action, so it was 100 percent legal. I just thought it looked really cool, so I put it in my Christmas wish list. You, you know how sixth graders it was, are. It wasn't quite legal. It's still in my car if you want to see it. Actually, did it fit in your boot? <laughs> it did not. It did not. But the reason. I, I wanted it because it looks sick. The reason that it quickly became the whittling? best worst was because that night while trying to open a package, I absolutely slashed my hand. I still have a scar on like the base of my thumb from where I slashed it. I was bleeding the rest of Christmas. Uh, luckily, did not need stitches, but it was a really, really bad gash. But luckily, that is still the best knife I have for opening packages because the blade <clears throat> is like curved on the end, so it's this nice little perfect. You don't risk cutting any of your packages with like a straight blade, I still get use out of it every single year. So despite the fact that uh, it, it, cut you. it cut me and caused me a great deal of pain, I still get great use out of it. Connor, you got uh, anything that was uh, you know, a deadly weapon that is in your back pocket? Yeah, I can't say I got a knife for Christmas, um, especially in middle school. Uh, but I did get um, <laughs> my uncle, and I feel terrible for, for bringing this up because he meant well. But I, he, I, this was before I was even in high school. I was probably like 12 years old when this was given to me. Carton of like camels? A, it, was, it was like a lamp, like straight out of the 70s, like, like just kind of design-wise. And it was a Cubs and, like, 
Blackhawks-themed lamp, which sounds cool, right? But the, the like, whole 70s vibe of it, and it was just like, A, I'm 12, so, like, okay, great, it's a lamp. And B, it just was kind of ugly. So, but Do you I did, still have I, it? I, yes, I do still have it. Um, it's it's here in this house. Go get it. Go get it. We have 30 uh, seconds. I, I don't know where uh, it is, but it's somewhere in this it's house. It's not but on hey, display. I, I used it. I used it in my room for about six, seven years. So definitely uh, definitely got the most out of it. But can't say I was thrilled as a 12-year-old to open up a lamp on Christmas. You got you to gotta tweet out a picture of, of your lamp. I, I'll find it and send it to you. All right. Good to see you, Connor. Thanks for checking in from Chicago. Uh, Elijah, uh, just... Roll the sleeping bag out in the studio. There you go. You're like, yeah, whatever, dude. I'll have the Uber drop me off here tonight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Elijah's going to go uh, go full recon. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning with the weekend edition. Thanks for tuning in to Hale Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager. A Huda Media Production.